best not miss. Well, I'm a bunch of real crowd laying motherfucker, motherfucker. Welcome to the Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. Welcome to the Party Pal is a proud member of the Osiris Media Group. Check out everything they got going on over at OsirisPod.com. I am one of your hosts, Michael Shields, and in this episode, we celebrate the Oscar-nominated film, The Banshees of Inisherin, which was directed, written, and co-produced by Martin McDonough, set on a remote island off the west coast of Ireland. The film stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson as two lifelong friends who find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship, with alarming consequences for both of them. It reunites Farrell and Gleeson, who previously worked together on McDonough's directorial debut in Bruges in 2008. Banshees received nine nominations at the 95th Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Colin Farrell, Best Supporting Actor, for Gleason and Barry Keegan, Best Supporting Actress for Carrie Condon, and Best Original Screenplay. At the 80th Golden Globe Awards, it achieved three wins from eight nominations. Best Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, Best Actor, Musical or Comedy, that's Colin Farrell again, and Best Screenplay. It's easily one of the best films of 2022, so I have River Jordan back with us to discuss it. Let's get right into it. River, thank you for joining the party once again. Welcome back. Oh, it's so much fun to be here. You are welcome anytime. I see you as part of the team at this point. So I'd love to hear uh, your general thoughts about this uh, this film. What a, what a, what a unique piece of uh, feckin' art we're talking about here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And that word has never been better portrayed in any movie more times by more characters. <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> Uh, what it's it's everything it is relationships it's Mm -hmm. home it's the desire to leave home it's feeling trapped and misunderstood and trying to pursue your art and having a friend uh close the door on your relationship or a lover in this case it's a friend you know but um and and the beauty of of where they did the filming Mm -hmm. just And, you know, the the old woman, you know, who was sort of the type and shadow of a banshee, really, you know, um, <laughs> acting and directing. I mean, every single detail. Uh, this, is was, a, this is amazing. This is kind of like the bullet point you're, you're, you're going through of everything I want to talk about. And I love just that you said that this is everything. There's so much to it. It's uh, and just just, you know, where it starts kind of I, I had a friend who saw it before me. And he's like, you know, it's probably not what you think it is. And that's like really, really unique thought. Because, I mean, this premise is it's a really dark comedy, but it's absolutely hilarious. This this, you know, this guy who just wants to end his friendship because his buddy's too dull. And then, you know, as you spoke to already, there's more depth to it. He he you know, he thinks he's thinking about his legacy. He's thinking about how music and, you know, is something that can maybe carry him on longer. But I just want to kind of kind of hone in on that. I mean, this is a hilarious idea for a film at its core. Just some guy who's willing to go to all lengths just because he's done with something. And I, I found it really unique how much they played. You know, it was very purposeful how they played with your allegiance to each each person. It kind of like there was times and I want to ask you this. 
there were seemed there were times for me where I'm like I completely got one side, I got Patrick's side, or I got Holmes' side, and I was just like almost rooting for one or the other, and I kept going back and forth. How did you think about that? Did did your did your rooting interests change at all? Um, they didn't change. Well, maybe the when we get to Jenny, they yeah, may, yeah. <laughs> may have changed at that moment. We'll get to but Jenny. They really didn't and i understand from interviews that i've watched with martin um the writer and director mm -hmm. that he was really wanted to write it so that you understood the perspective yeah. of both men mm -hmm. and that you didn't automatically choose one to side with he wanted yeah. it to be a real 50 50 um situation and and i find that interesting and so difficult to write sure he's done it so perfectly i think as perfectly as it can be done yeah i think i think that's i kind of what i was going for when i was talking about the back and forth root and interest you really are getting both perspectives and you're understanding it i mean initially the idea of someone breaking a friendship that abruptly is just you know that what a what a, what a terrible person who would do that but then you you do spend some first off you know He's a little bit annoying. You start to see that, see that, and, and then you know maybe a little bit dull. But you do kind of think about how you know when you're getting old, and 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 you realize you just don't want to waste another minute of your time. Time becomes so precious, and you really you know you don't want to waste time on people that maybe you know you're not getting what the richness in life and. And, and there's something to that. And, and you know, he wanted to create good music, too. And he really wants to chase it. It's really it's sad that a, a lot of us have to really start thinking or a lot of us do thinking about your legacy. How will I be remembered? Will I be remembered? And there's a lot of depth to that. And I was really attracted to that idea initially. But as things moved along, I mean, it's it's it started changing. And I definitely, you know, saw things from the other side and, and just how could you do this and. You know, it just, it's, I gotta say, Martin, he writes some wild stories. He really does. He's, he's, it's, I mean, this is kind of like a comedic tale of exasperation, you know, and, 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 it, you know, he writes some perverse, perverse stuff. I mean, are you, were you a fan of In Bruges before or Seven Psychopaths or even Three Billboards? Okay. I, I just, an uh, honest confession. I didn't see Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, no worries. I didn't see three billboards, which uh -huh. now I'm going to go watch. You should. It's really good I, film. Because it's the missing child aspect that I'm like, okay, I just don't think I can do it. You I know? have a hard time. I think we've even discussed this. I shy away from those films. I, was, I do shy away. It's yeah. like, oh, I don't know if I can take it. So now mm -hmm. I'm going to go. But the. So I'm going to get back to the thing about art. Yeah, uh, please, please. We'll get back to Martin. I can understand that people really think he's lost his mind what an asshole yeah. you know he's he's everything certainly they're going to be drawn more to colin farrell's character yep. Right? Yep. and um because for sweetness and he's such a nice guy he's so lovable you yeah. know yeah but i i think i think for the other character that this frustration has been building probably for a few years yeah, it's probably not as abrupt as it seems, right? Right. I yeah. think he's probably been sitting in this pub listening to him for years. What am I doing? And going, what the feck am I doing, right? You yeah. know, this is just like, are you 
you know, in his mind, because I know as a writer, you know, as a writer and an artist, life can get in the way. And mm -hmm. I recognize some writer friends who are mine yeah. are very possessive and selfish about yeah. their time when mm -hmm. it comes to their art and their art comes first and they are going to accomplish that. Yeah. And yeah. with me, you know, juggling children and then juggling grandchildren and then juggling yeah. taking care of my mom. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to close the door to write, you know. Yeah. What about my legacy? What about all the words that I'm not that what am I not accomplishing by all these people in my life that sure. I love? And then you have those precious moments where you're like Colin's character and say his name for me, please. Uh, uh Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. The spelling of it drove me crazy. Yeah, it does. It's, okay. it's R A I C. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. What are they saying? Uh, Patrick, though, the moments like him where he's given that speech and going, none of that matters. What matters is humanity and niceness and friendship yeah. and. In a few moments, you sit and have a beer with a friend. That's the most important thing in the world. I'm like, oh my God, he's right. He's right. right. That's what I'm saying. Go back, back and forth. I mean, you see it. I see it with um, people who are a little bit older in in my life. Um, you know, kind of in their twilight years, and you, see, I often see how they're kind of. Uh, to use kind of a colloquial term, out of fucks to give, you know, they they if they don't have certain time for certain things, and you can just see it. They there's times where there's certain courtesies that I see them kind of throw out the window and just kind of like ah oh, that doesn't matter because it doesn't matter to them at that point, and you understand it. But I want to I want to really you know kind of piggyback what you just said because I I see it in a major way that compassion, those little points of courtesy, those things they matter. We're here for you know finite. Uh, a period of time and if you can make someone's life feel a little better if you could be a little kinder for it i always think that's more important than this legacy of chasing this art that that we got to be honest about it i mean how much of this art survives on this on this planet i mean you know there are there are you know uh, pieces of art that have been there for thousands of years and certain things but that's very limited and and so yeah. much of what's created whether online who knows how long this stuff's going to last but what's going to last and matters at the point it's your time with people. And so you do, you see both sides. It's interesting. I wonder if, if Martin had exactly this going on inside of him, yeah. this war, this yeah. silent war that mm -hmm. he's trying to balance. And the way you do it is to cathartically write it out. It out. And I yeah. understand he started the script or wrote a script that, but seven years ago, and then he went back and read it three years ago. And so mm. this is, Oh and, really? Yeah, and he and they both the actors had already read it, mm -hmm. and they were, I think, in on board. Yeah, and he decided no, it's not good enough. The script's not good enough. So he goes oh. back three years after he's written it. He rereads it, and he takes the first five pages, which is the opening five minutes of the movie, and that's all. And he tosses wow. everything else and starts <laughs> over. Great writing lesson. What a great. Person. Just yeah. kill your baby sometime. Yeah, he just said, yep. uh, I realized that there were too many characters and there was a plot. There was just too much plot and too many characters. And he threw it all out and he focused on just this one tiny thing. Yeah. And um, I, I think that film students and writers from all genres should, should print the script out 
and read it yeah. to learn um, what it's like to create an entire world from yeah. a microcosm, Absolutely. you know? Yeah, build it up from there. Think, what did you think about the fact that the war was going on? I just was just going to go there when you said war inside Martin. Now it's, I mean, that is, that is the backdrop of this whole thing. And that is um, kind of the, the, the metaphor we're dealing with here. And, and, you know, the effects of the Irish civil war on them is, is ever present. I mean, that's part of what, I mean, they're, they're both, you know, kind of suffering for a, a little bit of despair. That's got to be related to what's happening in the world around them. Um, and also the reason, one of the reasons that he was probably so sure, uh, you know, he was going to die at some point sooner and later or thinking about his legacy was that, you know, nothing in life is certain when there's war going on like that. I mean, you can be taken from the earth at any point when that's going on. But that that was um that was a me metaphor that I think was handled well. It wasn't, you know, you hear the shots, you, you, you know, you know the discussion, but it wasn't heavy handed to me. And it was something that I did, you know, when I did a rewatch, as I know you did, um, I thought about more and I thought about what that meant to the characters and what that was saying about the whole things. But the metaphor of them who were friends, just like so many in a civil war, um, and then, you know, something comes along that's maybe not that serious that that creates this conflict between you, but it does. It changes everything. And mm -hmm. even you can't really go back. And I think that's something we saw as the film was culminating. You can't go back. What did you think about the war metaphor? Um, I, I, we see it play out in slow motion between these two friends yeah, and their sure. desire for different things and coming from different perspectives. Um, and there was something else. I'm one of my favorite lines in the movie. Yeah. It's when Patrick is alone and he's walking and he hears the shots and mm -hmm. he's looking over there and he says, "Good luck to you, whoever you are." I mean, it was Aww. not even. You it's know, a throwaway, but it's not. It's not. It was yeah. like he didn't even know what side he was saying "Good luck yeah. to you," but he felt the humanity in that moment of those strangers it wasn't removed from him you know that yeah. so he was more feeling but i did also notice that in his friend's house there is the clock and there there's music and there's his violin and yeah. there's books and his place was so different yep yep and you know, than Patrick's was with just his animals and his sister and very yeah. plain and wholesome. They were uh, different people. They were very they different were people, different you know, people. and he, he found his joy in different ways. Um, I, I saw the word um, tragic comedy, like as one word uh, mentioned a whole lot. And I do want to think, I, like, I love black comedies. I found this hilarious at times. I mean, when he's cutting off his fingers, that's really funny. The length someone will go. It's funny. But okay. Let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind. I just, I'm so sorry. I, I want to hear it. Go. I have seen more people on Facebook uh -huh. say this is the worst movie or it is, don't watch it. And then other people are going, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is if you comedy. don't get dark comedy, I could see this movie being off-putting. You have to understand the joke here. You know, the length he's going is excessive to a comedic point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that he's he's cutting off the very thing <laughs> that gives that he him joy. Needs to create his art and play his music. <laughs> he's he's, he's <laughs> fighting himself. He's cutting off his nose, as they say. Yeah. It's really funny in that way, but uh, it's tragic, and and it's really tragic in um, uh, Dominic's way. And I just want to talk about Dominic because he's 
you know, some some ways he stole, you know, not stole the show. You can't do that from Colin and uh, Brendan, but he was just such an important piece of this film. Um, You know, uh, Barry uh, Keegan's story is amazing. And um, I want to mention it in 2003, his mom passed. He was young. He spent seven years in foster care with 23 different foster homes in you know, seven years later, he responded to a small casting ad in a Dublin Dublin shop window. And 13 years later, he's nominated for Best Supporting Actor. That is that is amazing. But um, Dominic is truly tragic. I mean, you know, he, he he's one of the two um, big losses that we get in this movie. But, you know, he's... He's dealing with, um, you know, his his friend's cruelness, the the you know uh, Saban's rejection, um, his home life. I mean, his we meet his father, terrible person who's beating him. Uh, what a tragic figure. What do you think? What do you think Martin was saying with with his story here and and just you know kind of what happened to Dominic, which is heartbreaking. He was probably the kindest, most innocent person on the island. No question. And everybody said he's such a gob, you know, he was the village idiot. But isn't the fool normally the one that turns out to be the holy fool that has the greatest truth? And I think he deserves uh, an Oscar for his performance. If it, if it, you know, I've that scene by the lake. Yeah. You know, then he says, well, there goes that dream. And, yeah. and just, Oh my gosh, just I, I watched just every mannerism of his. Every <laughs> well here, yeah, beautiful view of the lake, you know, and then you know, just the, the movement. Well, I guess I'll go over there and do that thing over there that I was gonna do, you know, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but yeah, uh, the way he says everything, what an incredible cast. And yeah, I it would have been such a um a thinner story without him. Mm-hmm. He's such a necessary character. Mm-hmm. And you would think not. You would think a throwaway character. Yeah. But without him in the movie, something is really missing. Yeah, There's an element missing. There's definitely a depth there. And kind of like you can see the true cost of this type of behavior of, you know, the, of, of treating people this way and, and the whole thing. Shaban was incredible, too. Um, yes. uh, just, just. Uh, it's it's people know um that actress as uh, mike airman trout's daughter in breaking bad i was looking at her her, her uh, you know list of films too she's in some really cool stuff um she was great as well and added another layer of depth they, those four were just just tremendous what a what a cast right there but there's a fit there's a there's the, there is the donkey and that's jenny was really special and i love at the golden globes they were really hailing jenny and, and talking talking about the donkey and um, nice moment in film for donkeys. I don't know. I'm, I'm dying to see this. The film EO. Have you seen that? It's actually nominated for an international uh, Oscar. I'm, I'm going to go see it this week. I can't wait. But um, no, that, that was sadness also has a donkey scene in it. Which but one? It's oh, it does. It does. <laughs> but that's a rough one. That's a rough that that film. Something else. Um, oh, yeah. But we it won't was, even I, go there right now. That would no, that would, no, no. The, that film would take over, take over yeah. podcast. <laughs> go that way. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, losing um, the way in which Jenny, you know, passed was pretty intense, and that kind of turned um, Patrick over, you know, the other way, fully the other way. To, you know, because Patrick did change. There was a full change from this nice guy 
I, 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 I think niceness is the most important thing. There was a full change to nope. That's the game has changed. I have changed, and that comes back to Jenny's loss and the way it was with the, with the finger in the mouth. And again, you can like that's funny in in some aspects. If you can get it, that 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 donkey, you know, passing because it ate the fingers. That's like gross and stuff, but it's also funny. You know what it is? It's very Samuel Beckett. It's very yes. of oh. the absurd. And if you don't, if you can't laugh at the absurdity in life, yes. even tragic moments then then you're You're, just missing you're missing missing a special aspect of life if you can't laugh at yourself or laugh at the absurdity of life because it can it's it's a way to get through it it's a there's a lot of joy there yeah there is a lot of joy now what did you think because some another actor was the priest and what did you think of the confessional scenes Oh, they, they, they're, they're, they're definitely interesting. I think they're, you know, kind of good tools, um, you know, for, for telling the story a little bit more. What was your thought? I like the fact, and I, I didn't really notice it until I watched it again last night, the way that he asked him, how is the, is it the despair? How yeah. is, yeah. is that the word? Yep, absolutely yeah. the word. And then uh, he said, it's getting better, actually. And then the next time he goes to confession after he's cut off a finger it's like well it's it's coming back you know and then i thought oh he's really been going to confession for some time talking about this despair and i think he actually was suicidal because the was saying you're not going to do anything about it though right and he said i'm not going to do anything about it yeah that's that's kind of where I took it. It was a good tool to see what he's been going through, that he's been going through this for a while. I mean, his despair is something he's been dealing with for a long, long time. And that does lead to you to make a drastic change, like cutting out something in your life that that you feel is leading to that or the, the not leading to the happy point in your life. I was really excited to ask you about this, something I was a little unsure about in the film. I feel like you'd have an interesting opinion that that, that could shine some light on me. But um Mrs. Uh, McCormick, kind of like the Shakespearean witch type character. Um, you know, I I read into like the prophecies she had about the two um, deaths, which I guess could be Dom and Jenny. But I was wondering what you felt uh, she had. I think when I first met her, I was going to find more depth to what that was, kind of like this old town gossip, but also this kind of Shakespearean witch figure. What was your takeaway from from that role or, you know, kind of that idea? Oh, everyone hides from her. I I really saw that as being a Shakespearean, you know, one of the one of the witches kind of thing. I mean, they don't say she is, but she uh, foretells a foreboding of there's two deaths. There's a death to come, maybe two. Hopefully it won't be Patrick, you or your sister. You know, she was rooting for other people to Uh die. Yep. And then when... uh, Dominic, is it Dominic? Yeah, yeah that yeah. standing by the lake, and he and you see, you see her standing on the other side, and she here she is all in the black, and she has her arm out, mm-hmm. and she's falling forward, come like like death calling, yeah. and Siobhan sees her and is like, oh God, you know, just let me look away. But then that's the moment that Dominic walks up next to Siobhan Mm. and and it was like oh wow falling the death forward in the lake you know it was it was 
rather eerie stuff. You know, yeah. I, I think she has a supernatural sort of, you know, and I, I think he was, I think he was doing uh, something that was just paying homage to so that type of yeah Shakespearean prophecies and stuff like that and 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 yeah adds like a little mysticism or a little something else yeah. there what was funny when I was kind of reading up on things I kept coming upon these articles kind of like the banshees of in, uh, in a Sharon ending explained and the whole and people alluding to this vague vague ending and I just didn't feel that personally um I know you know the the feud goes on and who knows but I just think that wasn't, you know, that idea. Um, it is wild that the feud is not over after everything they just went through that they weren't able to squash it. But that's because he had changed and, you know, he's 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 completely a different person. But um, it's funny that Colm wanted distance and a chance to secure his legacy and instead get a lifelong feud that could could, in my mind, just lead to them. They're both, you know, the demise of both of them. And I don't think that's that vague. It's I think everything's kind of set in stone. What's going on? I mean, the idea that they can't go back now because of this difference and, and the, you know, back to that metaphor of the war going on, it just all seems like it, it you know, it, it, there was a bow on it for me. How about for you, that ending? Totally satisfied with the ending. Yeah. Absolutely, completely. And to me, there was no, I don't see them actually going on to kill each other or anything. Mm. Yeah. I think that, I think they trade shoes. Uh, mm. I, I think that Kwong can no oh. longer play. And yeah. he was saying, well, I guess we're even now. And uh, Patrick is going, no, we're we're not it's we're not even. We're not ever going to be. Yeah. And he actually looks out and goes, well, I think I don't hear. You know, I think maybe they stop fighting, or he's trying to make small talk with him about <laughs> the war. You yeah. know, and yeah. he's, he's not having any of it. And one of my most telling scenes for me was in the pub the night before when he goes in and tells him, put your dog outside, I'm going to burn your house down yeah. at two. Love the clock at two. Yep. I love it. And just a flash to the scene where he goes at two to burn the house. And then you, you he sees him in there and you think for a second, hey, he's going to change his mind or he's going to tell him to come out or whatever. Nope, he <laughs> throws gasoline on it, that's it. And the dog, when the, but as he's doing it then, before he sets fire, the clock chimes two, and the dog and the horse both turn around and look at him. It's, it's like they know what that means, and of course, the dog knows it too. Yep. This yep. happens, you know, how dogs know. So, um, I, I thought the awareness of the animals and, and uh -huh. the reflection was something. I thought the use of the letters between he and his sister, yeah. Yeah. the letters were very precious and you know telling and so this is the thing where the policeman comes in and he's gonna question him about you know whatever where he you know comes in about helping his boy or talking yeah and and he takes his one good hand and knocks him out mm. and then and then he looks you know at Patrick like look you know I'm on your side look what I did for you and he just looks at him and reaches out and gently pats him on the face like you fool to think yeah. that's gonna turn me and yeah his 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 change of character they both changed and they yeah. ended up opposite that's what you just, you just kind of floored me and I, you kind of framed helped me frame the movie a little bit with that kind of trading places situation and 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 where they both stand as as it ends they are 
they're kind of in each other's opposite shoes. That's so fascinating to me. That's really, really well put. I want to. I think Not, Calm will go on and try to make peace with him yeah. for years, and yep. it's going to be the other way where he's other like, way. "Nope, no way." Or I'm going to set party in your sleep, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I want to just uh, mention the production real quick as as we go towards the end of this episode here. Just there's some movie magic that takes place here. It takes place on you know a remote fictional island, and they use kind of the filmed across the smattering of uh, Irish islands, mostly the I think it's the Aran Islands, but. They actually built production designer Mark um, Tildesty. I think he's how you say it. He did Phantom Thread. He's well known for that. But they built all the houses that they used for this from scratch, meaning they had to take have all, have all the all the um, you know uh, materials uh, shipped out on a ferry to do it. And you know they used all the uh, you know local craftsmen to really help them do it. But as they set it up, and I just think this is movie magic to me. They're thinking about every shot. So they're putting the doorways and the windows, places where they get these sky, you know, uh, shots of where you have this ocean in the background. So they're building these places, it, truly building them on this island with the, in mind certain shots to take. And I just think that's so, so beautiful when you're doing that. I mean, it, that's just, that's movie magic to me. It's awesome. It is movie but and it is shot so well. I think um, Ben Davis is a cinematographer. And like you said, to start just everything there's so many aspects to take in the location the, the the language the people all these everything else we've been talking about everything there's a lot to chew on in the shot where you and i are laughing some people you know i i was so glad to see that it had really high ratings on rotten tomatoes and oh, all yeah, the other well. yeah doing great so yep. there's just some people that don't get you know the dark comedy aspect that's what it is Okay, so he's lost all his fingers and he goes back to the pub and they're singing and he's like shaking his violin. Blood coming off his hand. Blood's going all over the table. Hilarious. The bartender, you know, the pub guy, you know, he's he and his friend are like, oh my God, <laughs> just looking at each other like, should we call somebody? I mean, what do we do, you know? Totally. Uh, it's funny. It's it funny. funny. I, it's just, I, I love this. Um, a quote I got from uh, Martin, um, the director on the hope for the film. He said, the starting point was to capture the sadness of a breakup, be it a, be it a love breakup or a friendship. And this is the part I really like. Being on both sides of that is, is, is an equally horrible position. And I don't think people think about that a whole lot. You know, like, you know, think about one side of a breakup is devastating. It's both sides are not good thing. But he went on to say to treat the sadness of both sides as truthfully as possible was the main thing I wanted to get right with this film. And he did. I think he really, really nailed that goal, which which is really something. So I don't wanna I don't I won't hold you to this, but I mean I'm gonna get I wanna ask your best picture, Oscar predictions. This one, um, this film won three wins at the Globes. It's got best actor and also a best picture. Um what do you got for your best picture? um at the oscars coming up and i know we're going to talk about the oscars after the fact but uh going into it what are your thoughts i i'm feeling really good about this one i think it's gonna have a good night too i think it's gonna have a good night all the way around and and you know i i think it's gonna be between these two everything everywhere all at once yeah. And this one for best picture, and I I love everything, and so good. But I think, and and I'm gonna watch uh, everything again. But I, 
I, for best picture, for everything you just said, for the yeah. building mm -hmm. on you know, every shot, every scene, everything, yeah. for just the total package. Yeah. I, I, it makes uh, sense. I would go with this for best picture. It yeah. makes sense that it would win, win best picture. Well, you know what I really love? You know, you hear so much, I'll say whining, because I, I, I don't have time for it, but people talking about sequels and superheroes and just like how there isn't these options. You just look at these films, like you look at this, you look at everything, everywhere all at once. You look at Marcel, you look at, you know, whatever, Amsterdam, I mean, Bardo, just all these like unique novel pieces of weird art that are just out there. And it's just like, yes, there's room for the soup. There's room for it all. And like, you know, it's just, it, we're lucky that there's these art films and these big, big films. It's, um, you know, it's tremendous that these two men found each other. And I'm talking about Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Who would have thought that these two are like an acting duo now? I want to see more from them and I want to see it under Martin's direction as well, but maybe without. Who would have thought those two would have found each other and been this just remarkable acting pair? It's pretty special. Glad you brought that up because that was another thing I wanted to mention is that because of their friendship and and watching a couple of interviews with them about how uh, Colin Farrell was so nervous when he first met him and 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 immediately he said he was at ease and they just slid into this friendship where they don't see each other for three years they don't care but when they see each other they immediately pick up all with up. it's all up yeah. And I think that experience with each other and the fact that they were already friends in that way really helped yeah. with the story and the acting. I mean, it just carried through, you know, the affection. You, yeah. you can see it's it. It's already built see. in. It's built in there. Yeah, they're really, really special. Yeah, it's a special film. I mean, I said it earlier, Martin is a weird and all, like... Besides those three films I mentioned, he's responsible for one of my favorite nights I've ever had in the theater. He wrote something called uh, Behanding in Spokane. Another uh, another thing he wrote, which he lost, uh, someone loses some fingers in this hand, a hand, but it was Christopher Walking, Sam Rockwell, Anthony Mackie, and Zoe Kazan, all four of them in it. It was one of the most amazing nights I've had in the theater. But, I mean, he's such a weird screenwriter. Um, and it, like I said, it's often perverse, it's it's unique, but it's heartfelt, and I'm here for anything he does. I'm really looking forward to see what, what he does moving on. He's he's really special. He's becoming a really special director with a lot of lot of work under him, and I, I'm excited to see what he has moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I am too. Yep. So, know, writer, to me, I would call him a writer's writer, yeah. where you're just like, wow, you know, you really got that right. You've really got some game. You got you some. Do. You do. Look at all the, the different things we talked about. You really, yes. really have some game. So this is fun breaking it down. Thank you so much, River. It truly is, truly is one of the best films of the year. So thank you for the time and talking about it. Absolutely. So much fun. And everyone out there, thank you once again for joining the party. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. 
Get in the loop at osirispod.com. 